Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. For decades, a family of crystals has stumped physicists with its baffling ability to superconduct electricity at far warmer temperatures than other materials. But now, an atomic scale experiment sheds new light on this mystery. That's next. Quanta Magazine is an editorially independent online publication supported by the Simons Foundation to enhance public understanding of science. We now finally know why a family of crystals can perfectly conduct an electric current at far warmer temperatures than other materials. That's because an experiment years in the making has directly visualized superconductivity on the atomic scale in one of those crystals. Electrons appear to nudge each other into a frictionless flow in a matter first suggested by a theory nearly as old as the mystery itself. Subir Sachdev, a physicist at Harvard University who builds theories of the crystals, known as cuprates, says the evidence is beautiful and direct. Sachdev wasn't involved in the experiment. J.C. Seamus Davis led the new experiment at the University of Oxford. He talked with reporter Charlie Wood. It was, it was really exciting, actually. <laughs> Since I've worked on this problem for 25 years, and I hope I have solved it, I'm absolutely thrilled. I would like to do something else. <laughs> the new measurement matches a prediction based on the theory, which attributes cuprate superconductivity to a quantum phenomenon called superexchange. André-Marie Tremblay is a physicist at the University of Sherbrooke in Canada and the leader of the group that made the prediction in 2021. I'm amazed by the quantitative agreement. I'm surprised that it's, that it's working so well. The research advances the perennial ambition of the field to take cuprate superconductivity and strengthen its underlying mechanism in order to design world-changing materials capable of superconducting electricity at even higher temperatures. Room temperature superconductivity would bring perfect efficiency to everyday electronics, power lines, and more. But real-world uses are still pretty far off. Davis talked with Charlie Wood about the super exchange theory. If this class of theory is correct, it should be possible to describe synthetic materials with different atoms at different locations in which charge transfer super exchange is the mechanism for which the critical temperature is higher. Physicists have struggled with superconductivity since it was first observed in 1911. Dutch scientist Heike Kamerling Ones and collaborators cooled a mercury wire to about four kelvins. That's four degrees above absolute zero. They watched with astonishment as the electrical resistance plummeted to zero. Electrons deftly winded their way through the wire without generating heat when they collided with its atoms, the origin of resistance. Davis says it would take a lifetime of effort to figure out how. John Bardeen, Leon Cooper, and John Robert Schrieffer cracked the case by building on key experimental insights from the mid-1950s. They published their Nobel Prize-winning theory of this conventional form of superconductivity in 1957. BCS theory, as it's known today, holds that vibrations moving through rows of atoms 
glue electrons together. As a negatively charged electron flies between atoms, it draws the positively charged atomic nuclei toward it and sets off a ripple. That ripple pulls in a second electron. Overcoming their fierce electrical repulsion, the two electrons form what's called a Cooper pair. Jörg Schmalian is a physicist at the Karlsruhe Institute of Technology in Germany. It is true trickery of nature because this Cooper pair is not supposed to happen because these are all repulsive energies. But what the system does is the wave function of this pair as a whole has a tricky way to change its sign in just such a way that it makes a repulsion into an attraction. When electrons coupled up, further quantum trickery makes superconductivity unavoidable. Normally, electrons can't overlap, but Cooper pairs follow a different quantum mechanical rule. They act like particles of light, any number of which can pile onto the head of a pin. Many Cooper pairs come together and merge into a single quantum mechanical state known as a superfluid, which becomes oblivious to the atoms it passes between. BCS theory also explained why mercury and most other metallic elements superconduct when cooled close to absolute zero, but stop doing so above a few kelvins. Atomic ripples make for the feeblest of glues. Turn up the heat and it jiggles atoms and washes out the lattice vibrations. Then, in 1986, IBM researchers Georg Bednortz and Alex Müller stumbled onto a stronger electron glue in cuprates, crystals consisting of sheets of copper and oxygen interspersed between layers of other elements. After they observed a cuprate superconducting at 30 kelvins, researchers soon found others that superconduct above 100, and then above 130 kelvins. The breakthrough launched a widespread effort to understand the tougher glue responsible for this high-temperature superconductivity. Perhaps electrons bunched together to create patchy, rippling concentrations of charge. Or maybe they interacted through spin, an intrinsic property of the electron that orients it in a particular direction, like a quantum-sized magnet. The late Philip Anderson, an American Nobel laureate and all-around legend in condensed matter physics, put forth a theory just months after high-temperature superconductivity was discovered. He argued that at the heart of the glue lay a previously described quantum phenomenon called superexchange, a force arising from electrons' ability to hop. When electrons can hop between multiple locations, their position at any one moment becomes uncertain, while their momentum becomes precisely defined. A sharper momentum can be a lower momentum, and therefore a lower energy state, which particles naturally seek out. The upshot is that electrons seek situations in which they can hop. For instance, an electron prefers to point down when its neighbor points up, since this distinction allows the two electrons to hop between the same atoms. In this way, superexchange establishes a regular up-down, up-down pattern of electron spins in some materials. It also nudges electrons to stay a certain distance apart. If they're too far apart, they can't hop. It's this effective attraction that Anderson believed could form strong Cooper pairs. 
Experimentalists long struggled to test theories like Anderson's, Material properties that they could measure, like reflectivity or resistance, offered only crude summaries of the collective behavior of trillions of electrons, not pairs. Here's Davis again. It's a deep, deep problem of physics. So we don't really have sharp guidance on what we're supposed to do. And none of the traditional techniques of condensed matter physics were ever designed to solve a problem like this. Davis is an Irish physicist with labs at Oxford, Cornell University, University College Cork, and the International Max Planck Research School for Chemistry and Physics of Quantum Materials in Dresden, Germany. He's gradually developed tools to scrutinize coup rates on the atomic level. Earlier experiments gauged the strength of a material's superconductivity by chilling it until it reached the critical temperature where superconductivity began, with warmer temperatures indicating stronger glue. But over the last decade, Davis's group has refined a way to prod the glue around individual atoms. They modified an established technique called scanning tunneling microscopy, which drags a needle across a surface, measuring the current of electrons leaping between the two. By swapping the needle's normal metallic tip for a superconducting tip and sweeping it across a cuprate, they measured a current of electron pairs rather than individuals. This let them map the density of Cooper pairs surrounding each atom, a direct measure of superconductivity. They published the first image of swarms of Cooper pairs in Nature in 2016. That same year, an experiment by Chinese physicists provided a major piece of evidence supporting Anderson's superexchange theory. They showed that the easier it is for electrons to hop between copper and oxygen atoms in a given cuprate, the higher the cuprate's critical temperature. And that means the stronger its glue. Davis and his colleagues sought to combine the two approaches in a single cuprate crystal to more conclusively reveal the nature of the glue. Here's Davis again. So about two years ago, in a kind of aha moment, actually in a Zoom group meeting, we realized this experiment is possible. It dawned on the researchers that a cuprate called bismuth strontium calcium copper oxide, or BISCO for short, had a peculiar feature that made their dream experiment possible. In BISCO, surrounding sheets of atoms squeeze the layers of copper and oxygen atoms into a wavy pattern. This varies the distance between certain atoms, which in turn affects the energy required to hop. The variation causes headaches for theorists who like their lattices tidy, but it gave the experimentalists exactly what they needed, a range of hopping energies in one sample. They used a traditional scanning microscope with a metal tip to stick electrons onto some atoms and pluck them from others, mapping the hopping energies across the cuprate. They then swapped in a cuprate tip to measure the density of cuprate pairs around each atom. The two maps lined up. Where electrons struggled to hop, superconductivity was weak. Where hopping was easy, superconductivity was strong. The relationship between hopping energy and Cooper pair density closely matched a sophisticated numerical prediction from 2021 by Tremblay and his colleagues, which argued that this relationship should follow from Anderson's theory. 
Davis is finding that hopping energy is linked with superconductivity strength was published in 2022 in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. It strongly implies that superexchange is the superglue enabling high-temperature superconductivity. Ali Yazdani is a physicist at Princeton University who's developed similar techniques to study coup rates and other exotic instances of superconductivity in parallel with Davis's group. This idea has been around a long time. It's a nice piece of work because it brings new technique to further show that this idea has legs. That's as far as I would go. You know, in science, you have to be careful between causation and correlation. And then, you know, turning the thing on its head and predicting the next thing. Yazdani and other researchers caution that there's still a chance, however remote, that glue strength and ease of hopping move in lockstep for some other reason, and that the field is falling into the classic correlation equals causation trap. For Yazdani, the real way to prove a causal relationship will be to harness super exchange to engineer some flashy new superconductors. Super exchange isn't a new idea, so plenty of researchers have already thought about how to fortify it, perhaps by further squishing the copper and oxygen lattice or experimenting with other pairs of elements. You remember André-Marie Tremblay, a physicist at the University of Sherbrooke in Canada. There are already predictions on the table. Of course, sketching atomic blueprints and designing materials that do what researchers want isn't quick or easy. Plus, there's no guarantee that even bespoke coupe rates will achieve critical temperatures much higher than those of the coupe rates we already know. The strength of superexchange could have a hard ceiling, just as atomic vibrations seem to. Some researchers are investigating candidates for entirely different and potentially even stronger types of glue. Others leverage unearthly pressures to shore up the traditional atomic vibrations. But Davis's result could energize and focus the efforts of chemists and materials scientists who aim to lift cuprate superconductors to greater heights. Jörg Schmalian says scientists are already working on ideas. The creativity of people who design materials is limitless. But these are hard and experiments that cost not just money, but also, you know, students' careers and lifetimes. So therefore, the more confident we are that a certain mechanism is the right one, the more natural it is to invest further into this one. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Charlie Wood's full article, High Temperature Superconductivity Understood at Last, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Explore math mysteries in the Quanta book, The Prime Number Conspiracy, published by the MIT Press, available now at amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, or your local bookstore. Also, make sure to tell your friends about the Quanta Magazine Science Podcast and give us a positive review or follow where you listen. It helps people find this podcast. Mm-hmm.